This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? How we doing? We're doing okay. (laughs) The last episode was a little bit hard for me, I'm not going to lie. On Let's Talk. Oh, yesterday's yeah. episode. Yeah, it was I get a, that. Um, You're really vulnerable. I was. I was. Pretty, yeah, probably one of the most vulnerable I've ever been um, on our podcast. Your six is going crazy a little bit. A little bit. I mean, my I was probably just as vulnerable in my deconstruction episode, um, but I didn't go into that level of detail. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm feeling it in my chest right now. Yeah. And so if I'm a little bit off this episode, I apologize. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to talk about a good... A fun, fun topic. Uh, or fun... Well, it's fun for me. So here's the deal. I don't really talk about... We've been... This is... Epi- this will be episode... 47 or 48. I can't remember off the top of my head. We're not at 50 yet? No. Yeah, I think this is 48. I'm not sure. But in almost a year of doing all this content, I haven't talked a whole lot about my first master's degree. No, I guess not. I mean, everybody knows I have it, but or I guess most people know I have it, but the actual contents of it, I haven't talked about. My master's degree is actually in patristic theology. So the first 500 years of the church. I'm glad you explained that because most people be like, but what? (laughs) Yeah, patristic fathers, um, patristic theology. Of that, it really focuses on a guy named Clement of Alexandria. Right. Who's... um, That's uh, who you wrote your thesis on, right? Yes. And even more narrow than that, it really focuses on his soteriology. Yeah. But if I'm really being honest, it's really about his theological anthropology. Yeah. It's about the body. Right. I so remember, I can nerd out on this chapter about the body. I, I remember, I don't know, a few years ago, I say a few years ago, geez, it's probably almost a decade, probably. Yeah. About eight years ago. <laughs> um, I said, hey, can I read it? And you go, you're not ready. Think I'm ready now? You <laughs> think I can handle it? I don't know, man. Um, because I do a lot with Plato. I don't know where you're at on your uh, philosophy of Plato. Uh, I'm actually pretty cool with Plato. Okay. So where are you at on the tripartite soul? That seems like another conversation, but yeah, like, probably for a different podcast, like it's an probably off a, podcast too. It's probably off podcast, but it's also probably a conversation we should have on uh, PNP. Um, yeah, maybe so. But anyways, but so my master's thesis is really about <clears throat> understanding the connection between soteriology and anthropology. Okay. About salvation and the body. 
Ken makes this statement in the opening page of this chapter. The body, mind, and spirit are interconnected. This means that physical practices are also spiritual practices. I like that idea. I Nobody's ever given me a construct to think about faith in that way. Yeah. Um, golf wasn't honoring to God. Hunting, fishing wasn't honoring to God. Everybody did it. Yeah. But like it was something outside of God. Because it, it's a secular thing. Correct. This but, like massive sacred secular divide. The, and this is the thing also that we were talking about yesterday too, like in context of process addictions, right? Mm-hmm. That anything that you do isn't necessarily inherently bad and can also be honoring to God until you take it too far. Correct. Right. And so in the same way, your eat, sleep, swim, whatever that is, can be honoring to God. Yeah, well, you're you're taking care of your body. Yeah. That's the deal is... If we really believe that God created us, like if, you, if you truly believe that, then you also must believe that God created your body. Yeah. And therefore, God cares about your body and wants you to take care of it as a part of your person. And... What is also connected to your body, Cohen? Your mind. Oh, your brain. Yeah. yeah. Right? Your mental faculties. Yes. Therefore, taking care of, like, self-care, like, mental, emotional self-care is also mm-hmm. taking care of your body. Yes. And I think that's the point. You know, the Bible has this language that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. You, your being, your existence, your person. Every part of your existence. Is fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. I don't want us to cover up our... Our, Yeah, our our candle. So, Ken makes this claim, and I, I think it's really insightful. He says, God's decision to take on a body, the Christian doctrine of the Incarnation, is the highest affirmation of our physical bodies. Mm. That's a really good point. If you stop and think about it, God's the most supreme being in the universe, in existence. Yes. Fundamentally. He could have saved the world a number of different ways. The fact that he put on flesh, put Mm. on a body quite revealing to how important the body is to God. Yeah, the God, this the son I, part. Yeah, this idea that we're all going to be these ethereal, ghost-like figures, Yeah, I think is just a terrible metaphor. Well, it, yeah, for sure. And, and it also goes all the way back to Genesis too, right? Um, or, well, I say Genesis T-O-O, but also Genesis T-W-O, yeah. right? With the lamb. Mm-hmm. Right, a physical being, a body being slaughtered, right, for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Right. And so like an actual physical embodiment of something yeah. is has been important throughout the entire biblical narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So maybe that seems like it was 
just yeah, Clayton. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like, I was. Well, but no. Like, for me, like that was like a moment where I was like, oh, geez, like I just see a connection. <laughs> like, no, what I was thinking is because you said Genesis two T O O and T W O. Right. And you talked about the lamb, which is not in Genesis chapter two, and so I was I was no, trying it to think. is because no, I'm I guess it's Genesis three. I'm sorry. Um, it's at, it's the fall, so it is Genesis three. That's my bad. I don't even think the lamb is talked about in Genesis three. That is where we get the the slaughtering of the lamb, mm-hmm. the, or is that is that Genesis four? You don't get that in that section of the narrative. You keep talking. <laughs> you keep talking. All right. So Ken has this thing, and this is what he says: If we've been given new life in Christ, our bodily quote unquote house is no longer our own, but belongs to God. God who has been breathtakingly generous with us, giving us his only son so that we can become his sons and daughters. In light of God's mercy to us, we respond by honoring the house that God has given to us and entrusted to our care. The thing I don't really like about this part of Ken's language is that he makes this super dualistic in that your inner person and your outer person are somewhat disconnected and he's trying to reconnect them. But I do think his his idea is correct and that our body is something that's been given to us by God for us to steward and steward well. Yeah. And then he talks about the resurrected body, which I think is important. It's important that there is a resurrected body. And this is one of the stories that he tells. And I think it's a very powerful story. This is uh, about Elijah. And he says, this is in 1 Kings 19. He says, when Elijah is depleted, depressed, and physically exhausted, God doesn't offer him a spiritual solution. He doesn't give him a passage to read from the Bible or pray for him or say, I know a great therapist. God offers Elijah two long sleeps. Mm. Twice, God provides him with freshly baked bread and two long drinks of water. God cares for God's care for Elijah is physical, practical care for his body. Yeah. So, you are right. Yeah, there's no lamb story there. This is why I hate that like Sunday story, like Sunday school story thing, because it creates this narrative in your brain. It's all the pictures they show you. Yeah, that you then go back and realize it's not there. No, it's not. We need to come up with our own Sunday school like curriculum thing for kids <laughs> it's actually biblically correct because that just wrecked my world yeah no that's not there all right moving on sleep sleep here's the deal your body really needs sleep mm-hmm. and trust me i am preaching to the choir i do not sleep same i know it's very unhealthy for me I just, I don't sleep. Uh, yeah. So, and, and it has been better recently because I've gotten on a better sleep schedule. Yeah. I've been forcing myself on one, but like anxiety. Yeah. 
keeps me up, dude. Yeah. And it's because I'm not taking care of this. Yeah. Right. You're not and, taking care of your whole person. Yeah. Which is affecting the other parts of my person. Oh, yeah. It always will. Yeah. It always will. You are such an interconnected person. Each and every person is an interconnected person. Mm-hmm. This is uh, something that I noted as being important in Ken's book. He says, Dr. William Dement, the founder and former director of Stanford University Sleep Research Center, contends that sleep, more than any other factor, including diet or exercise and heredity, predicts longevity and health. While amounts vary from person to person, he says a typical person needs between seven and eight hours of sleep per night. Yes. Yes. I don't know that I know a single person other than my kids who sleep eight hours a day. I know one. His name is Jared Berwick. (laughs) I will shout him out because he wouldn't care. Uh, Does he really sleep a full eight hours every day? Legitimately, yes. He used to not, but like he realized how unhealthy it was for himself, mm-hmm. and like he's on this really, I'm honestly very proud of him. He's on this really serious journey of getting like his full body and mental and spiritual self like in in unison and making it very healthy. And so he's put himself on a very strict sleep schedule. Wow, good for him. I'm very proud of him. Good for him. He's the only person I know that's not, you know... That's an adult. Yeah, that's not under the age of 12 that sleeps that much. I'm very proud of him. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, with sleep, though, everybody thinks about sleep and how many many hours of sleep you got to get per night. Let's talk about napping for a second. Naps can be very healing. I'm not going to lie. I'm terrible at them. I never take naps. I rarely do. I never do. I can be dog tired and like the odds of me taking a nap, very, very slim. Yeah. But this is scientifically proven that naps are quite helpful for you. Productivity, health overall, all the things. This is a story in Ken's book. Winston Churchill, certainly no slouch, understood the restorative value of naps. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he says that. <laughs> certainly no slouch. Certainly no slouch. Well, because that's Love his that. whole thing is like, because everybody's like, well, I don't have time to sleep. I got to work. got to do this. Got all Churchill the things himself. Yeah. Also a drunk. Like, let's throw well, that out there, too. We can't all be perfect like you, Clayton. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, maybe that's what contributed to his napping. <laughs> like, maybe. He says... Winston Churchill, certainly no slouch, understood the restorative value of naps. You must sleep sometime between lunch and dinner and no halfway measures. Take off your clothes and get into bed. That's what I always do. Don't think you'll be doing less work because you sleep during the day. That's a foolish notion held by people who have no imagination. You will accomplish more. You will get two days in one. Well, at least one and a half, I'm sure. When the war started... Started, I had to sleep during the day because that was the only way I could cope with my responsibilities. Napping is one way to care for our bodies that enable us to be more attentive to God, ourselves, and the people around us. I'll be honest. That I don't almost nap. sounds exactly like our intro to, to this podcast. What? 
we do practices or we teach you practices to be more present with God, oh, others, uh, and, uh, and yourselves. Ourselves. Yeah. I don't take them, but like people wake up from naps sometimes feeling like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with that, actually. If yeah. I take a nap in the middle of the day, I most of the time don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Healthy eating. It's the next category. You can take this too far, obviously. But I do think it's right that food is the fuel you're giving to your body. Yes. Do you want to put garbage fuel in your vehicle? It also even goes further than just putting in garbage fuel, right? It goes into the whole balance thing, too. Mm. In what way? Balance between carbs, um, fibers, uh, proteins, right? Yep. Um, making sure that you get all the right vitamins, like in the foods that you're eating, right? Yep. Your body has a specific ratio of these things that it needs to, to function at its highest, most performing level. And so yep. it goes even further than putting talking about putting garbage into your your fuel tank it's talking about putting the right ratio of of things into your body it's yeah. like if you're if we're going to go with the car metaphor you need the right oil you need the right gas you need the right oil filter right like all these sorts of things yeah. that go into a fully functioning well functioning car yeah yes i think that's fair But I also think, and we'll talk about this more next week when we talk about play. Yeah. But I also think eating food that makes you happy. It can also. Is also important. And I would put it under the... I would put it under the category of healthy eating. I, I would too. Um, and that's why you have cheat days. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Because you can't seven days a week go on this full, like, for the people, for my friends that like the, the Daniel plan. Um, yeah. Uh, you can't. You can't just eat fruits and vegetables seven days a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it just, it don't get there. You don't yeah. get there. It, you would have a very miserable life if you did that. So you, you just kind of generally have to think about what that looks like and what that means for you. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that I think in all of this conversation is about taking care of your whole person, right? And we're breaking the ways to take care of your person up into these three categories of sleeping, eating, and exercise. Yeah. I know it sucks. Like, I know the grind of doing it is rough. Yes. But it's important. I know a lot of people that find so much healing in it, though. And there is. I, I will be one of those. I will say that I've been those that person that has, has literally said, on multiple occasions, Pilates changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pilates never changed my life, but um, I definitely dig exercise. Yes. Just in general that like exercise is so healing and it's so good for you. Yeah. Um, it changes your mental and physical just state. And I found a lot of, of time while I was running and doing Pilates to pray and um, listen to podcasts or, or spiritual books or, or whatever yeah. to improve like even my spiritual life. Yeah. Um, now, I have been very bad about it <laughs> in, yeah. in the last year, um, but I have found that to be true in the past. Yeah. You know what I do while I work out? Hmm. I listen to the Bible Project podcast. <laughs> That's a very you thing. I'm a nerd, I know. Um, yes, exercise. I listen to Christian rap. <laughs> that's a very you thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually, I exercise outside. Yeah. Um, I prefer to. Yeah, quite a different experience of exercising for somebody who's exercised predominantly in gyms mm -hmm. since Same. they left football in high school. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very different kind of experience and much more fulfilling. Yeah. So well, it just brings into the the whole idea of the the connectivity of everything. Yes. Right of creation in general. Yes. And so all of this is about putting yourself, your whole person, into a position to offer the best of your whole person to God. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the only reason we're even talking about it and, and to add it into our rule of life is to say like, hey, these things make me the best version of myself and I want to be the best version of myself yeah. for God and my relationship with God. Not in some kind, Not in some kind of shameful way that if I don't do these... God doesn't love you. God doesn't love me or I'm not good enough for God or that kind of thing. But it is to say like, hey, God loved me enough to do all of this for me. I want to try to live my quote unquote best life for God. Live your best life now. Yeah. And so as you write rules, write rules for how much sleep you're going to get per night. Yeah. Um, at least five days a week, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep or, you know, whatever it is. Um, hey, three and even if, if you, like if you have big areas in this, your rule is something flexible. Yeah, it's something that you grow into. You're constantly changing and revising, and so until you find one that works, and then you can up and push yourself a little bit more. So even in like healthy eating, even if you only, even if you have to say like, "Hey, I'm going to try to eat three healthy meals a week." Yeah, like if that's all you can commit to, cool. Legitimately, that's what I st I've started doing. I bought. I went to H E B. And bought, you know, those those pre-prepared meals that they have. Oh, those are so good, but they're so expensive. They are, but I bought three of them. Mm. Right. And I said, I'm just going to Make work this. these in, into my diet this week. Because yep. one, it's easy. Yep. Yes, they are expensive. But like one, it's easy. I don't have to do it. I can come home from work and I don't have to worry about cooking this big, healthy. Yeah. Like, Don't you just pop the thing in the oven? throw it in the oven yep right and, and you just work this healthier healthier meal yeah right into the oven yep and you pull it out and and that's it yep and it starts that way until you can work it into something more yep and, and that's the whole deal about just this 
whole deal about rule of life in general is it? Yeah, all of it. It it needs to fit you and your lifestyle. That's the deal. Um, but it also has to push you. Yeah, so that's the deal. It right. has to fit your lifestyle so that it's not overwhelming, but it has to be it is a rule. Like it, it does have to be stretching you. It doesn't you're not writing a rule of life to fit your current lifestyle. No. You're writing a rule of life to better balance your life across all of these categories. Yes. And so start slow and easy, grow into it. But I really do think, and this is a this is a problem with the American church specifically, because I really do think we're given over to Platonism, that we really have largely forgotten about the body. Functionally, the body really doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, and I make this joke all the time, but like in a couple of months, every pastor that takes every pulpit at every church will stand up the Sunday after Thanksgiving and talk about how much food they ate. Yep. And none of it's healthy food. No, no, no. It's not good food. None of it. And they're going to... Unless you're one of those weird families. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to gorge themselves on it. Eat so much. Yeah. And I also will tell you that most of those pastors are probably also going to overindulge in alcohol too. So let's just <laughs> leave that. I don't know about that. But... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that, but all that to say, I really do think that we've largely and functionally forgotten about the body, and I think the body matters immensely. I don't think the resurrection of the body comes without ramifications for your life today. I think it's extremely important for your person, the wholeness of your person, to be in pursuit of restoration that includes restoring and taking care of your body.